Welcome back to the Suraj Podcast. This is chapter one of Ras number seven. We began this podcast in 2020 at chapter 25 in Ras number seven. So we have 24 episodes from here to complete the life stories of Guru Hargobind during his reign as Guru. Guru Hargobind's reign as Guru was the longest lasting reign of any Guru except for Guru Nanak Dev Ji. And the stories related to Guru Hargobind comprise the second largest section of the Guru Pratap Suraj Prakash Granth. To understand how Suraj Prakash is organized, check out the intro to Suraj Prakash on my YouTube page. Each section begins with an invocation, a Mangala Charan, praise of the post's beloved or devotional focus, which will aid him in the creation of his poetry. The poet first begins with the two famous Mangala's invocations utilized in Sikh scripture, Ik Uongkar Satagur Prasad. Check out the Mangala Charan YouTube page to explore the level of depth that six scholars in the past have gone into explaining the concept of Ik Oankar. For short, here we can say that the one, Ik, undivided, non-dual being, manifester and pervader of the entire world, which is realized through the Guru's grace. And then the Mangal, from Dasam Guru Granth Sahib, the writings of Guru Gobind Singh, Sri Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh, that all victory is Vahegurus. The poet then describes the divine as the eternal consciousness pervading across the entire world, wherever in the world the divine is manifest through the divine's power of maya, the illusion, which creates the world of truth and falsehood, of duality between the illusion and the self. The poet then praises Saraswati, the pinnacle of beauty and creative ingenuity, focusing on this aspect of beautiful creation and a way to set an intention to create powerful and enchanting poetry. He writes, that Saraswati, stunning like the moon in the autumn months, who bestows clarity and skill in writing, the grantor of happiness, the one who destroys all obstacles, here essentially talking about writer's block, my salutations to that entity. Then the poet has a verse for Guru Nanak saying, those who arrive in the sanctuary of Guru Nanak, the illusions in their heart are all destroyed, and they cross this terrifying ocean-like existence of life. Those who arrive in this sanctuary have all their vices and faults within their restless mind uprooted. Nourish love for the exalted Guru Nanak Dev Ji, who would nourish those in his sanctuary. Those who come into the sanctuary touching the lotus-like feet of the Guru, which is the philosopher's stone, it transforms even iron-like cold-hearted people into soft and beautiful people like gold. And to Guru Angad Dev Ji, I bow down to their lotus-like feet who in keeping company with that Guru, all bondage is removed. Whoever clasps their hands together, coming into the sanctuary of Guru Angad Dev Ji, they have all of their obstacles removed. To Guru Amar Dachi, the very old, exalted Guru Amar Dachi is forever the greatest giver. He bestowed such great blessings to his servants that they themselves were liberating countless people. To Guru Ram Dachi, the exalted true Guru Ram Dachi, the one who destroys all fear in his Sikhs, seeing such faith in his servants, he blesses them with heaps of happiness. To Guru Arjun Dev Ji, forever the great benevolent, the treasure trove of virtue, the embodiment of resolve, the exalted Guru Arjun Dev Ji, I salute, clasping my hands to their lotus-like feet. To the exalted Guru Hargobind Sahib, radiant like the moon, his servants are like water lilies, which blossom at night, staring at the moon in bliss. His enemies 
are like the lotus flowers which close up in fear at night. To the exalted Guru Hararai, the destroyer of pain for their servants, giving to their servants all their desires, like how the divine is compassionate to everybody in the same way Guru Hararai is the most compassionate. To the exalted Guru Har Krishan, please bestow and sprout up Gurmat, the Guru's teachings, mindset within my mind. Take away all the vices within my heart and attach me to the true name, Satanam. To the exalted Guru Teg Bahadur, the most resolute, brave warrior, for the sake of others, to help others, he gave away his body, like throwing away a piece of grass. To the exalted Guru Gobind Singh Ji, and this is written in the Kabit form of meter, which I will recite. From the Timur clan, the Turk Mongol dynasty, from which Babur and the Mughals have a lineage from. So, from this lineage, countless kings have come during this time, enjoying their kingdom. In domestic and foreign lands, they ruled and everybody bowed down their head to them. No one was able to fight a pitched battle. They dispersed all warriors against them. They had countless troops, a vast treasury, large forts. Who can count all their artillery and supplies for battle? But who would have thought that such a vast empire would have been ground down by the exalted Guru Gobind Singh and his Pant Khalsa? To the exalted ten gurus, the ten emperors, I bow down to their lotus-like feet, the root of all happiness. I am beginning this seventh ras. I clasp my hands together before starting this endeavor. To the gursiks, to the saints, I salute them. To all of their lotus-like feet, I bow down. I am reciting the great praise of the true guru. Please bless me. Please fulfill my desire to complete this task. So after the invocations, the chapter now begins. The story then be begins describing how Guru Hargobind, the compassionate, was seated amongst his Sikh congregation, blessing them, liberating them, bestowing to them all their desires. Congregations would come and receive their blessings and leave. Others would just sit there looking at the beautiful face of the Guru. They would make their life useful and blessed by staying there, making their desires forever fulfilled. Saindas was seated there with Guru Hargobind speaking with the Guru. The festival of Diwali had arrived and countless Sikhs were strolling into Amritsar. The Masans from the different regions were coming with their congregations, bringing with them the offerings of the congregation. They all looked so stunning. They had heard the news of Baba Atal Rai. That's why so many were coming as well. They were bringing with them offerings. They arrived close at the Guru's feet, placing down their offerings and then bowing down. Guru Hargobind was seated beautifully at the Akal Takat, where these offerings were laid out there. There was such a congestion there with all the Sangat, all the congregation. Thousands were streaming in to receive the Guru's darshan. Many were standing along the side, receiving the Guru's divine sight. The great Masans were there with their congregations, the Ardasya Sikh, the Sikh who was standing in front of everybody performing the Ardas for the congregations was there. Such a large court session at Divan had been set up. So many warriors were there. Amongst them all, the divine Guru Hargobind was seated. Wonderful whisks were being waved above the Guru's head like large swans flying up and down around the Guru's head. Guru Hargobind would, every now and then, look at the weapons that were being offered to him. 
There was a big pile of them, and he would go to them, he would pick them up, he would look at them, inspect them. Bidichan, Jetan, and the other warriors were around Guru Hargobind, and every now and then Guru Hargobind would be speaking to them along with Pai Gurdas, and other times he would look out into the congregation. Baba Gurditaji, Guru Hargobind's eldest son, was beautifully seated nearby. On the other side was Surajmal, Guru Hargobind's other son, Anirai as well, was seated there. The congregation would just continue to stream in, causing more and more congestion. The Rababis were singing Shabd Kirtan. The greatly fortunate Sikhs were sitting there listening and understanding the Kirtan. One servant of the Guru also had Guru Hargobind's fourth son, the young Teg Bahadur, in his lap, seated very close to the Guru with respect. Guru Hargobind bestowed and granted all the wishes the congregation wanted, and in every manner they ensured that everybody there was in great happiness. There was a Khatri by the name of Prem Chand, and he came up near Guru Hargobind with his kid. He also had a daughter in his house, and he was looking for a match for his daughter. He hadn't found such a suitable match just yet. So he was standing there, he clasped his hands together and stood in front of the Guru and said, O oh, great king, I have one supplication, Ardas. Please fulfill this humble servant's request. I live in Kartarpur, in Dwabba. My clan is Silli. Everybody knows this. My daughter is nine years old. I desire that she marry your young son, Surajma, to serve him. Please fulfill this desire. Understand me as a servant of your servant's servant. Bidichan understood the Guru's expression on his face when this was said and comforted Premchan. He sat him close. Bidichan said to him, That which you desire, come sit here and obtain it. The Guru's house is where the honorless receive great honor. We don't look at wealth or anything like that. The Guru is bound only by love and acts on them. So Bidichan gave the statement, comforted Premchand. They called over the astrologer to come set a time to check what they think of when they should perform the ceremony. So at that auspicious time, then they called Surajmal and he sat there on the chonki where they would be performing the ceremony. A chonki is a small seat. All the small and large drums were being played, bells, and all the other instruments were playing rags, musical modes. So many women were streaming into the Guru's residence to give congratulations to the three wives of the Guru. The house filled up with sounds of tolkis, small drums being played. The sweet-voiced women were singing great songs. Great celebrations were being carried out at this time. Six were coming down to bow down to the Guru. Premchand recognized such great fortune he had. And he was just sitting there in great bliss, and he bowed down to the Guru. He was brought close to sit near the Guru, and at that point a Brahman, essentially a registrar, came and performed all the ceremonies like recognizing and praying to the nine celestial bodies, Ganesh, Vishnu as well. Premchand then received permission. He got up. He first looked towards Guru Hargobind and saluted him. Then he walked over to Surajma, his new son-in-law, and placed a dried date in his mouth and put a saffron tilak on his forehead. They celebrated in countless ways, feeding each other laddus and great happiness, and this is essentially the engagement ceremony for Surajmal and Premchand's daughter. They then gave out sweets to everybody in the house. Everybody seeing the celebrations were so happy, especially the unfortunate of the city, the poor, who came to the Guru's house in great numbers. Everybody from the Guru's house was donating, giving money to them. Premchand performed all the ceremonies there before then going home in bliss. Upon arriving home, he celebrated there as well with the rest of his family. They were so happy to hear this news of the engagement. Meanwhile, back in Amritsar, they celebrated the festival there greatly. They then bid farewell to the Masans, the congregations. 
They gave soropas to all the main leaders of the congregations before they then left back for their own regions. They were also delighted by the festivities. They were singing the praise of the Guru as they were going back to their homes. Meanwhile, Ramo and Saindas, Ramo being the older sister of Mata Dumodri, Guru Hargobind's eldest wife, and Saindas, Ramo's husband, they both clasped their hands together and did a supplication to the Guru, saying, Guru Hargobind, please be graceful to us. Give us permission. We've stayed here for a very long time. Give us permission to return home. You should come there and visit us. Bless that region. All the Sikh congregations there desire your darshan, divine sight. Guru Hargobind at that point said, while understanding the future, he laughed and he said, We spent so much time there at your house earlier, and I will come there again to spend a great deal of more time as well. Understand that I will come and prep everything there. Wait for me. Your love doesn't allow me here to sit and stay still here in Amritsar. I will come there. Saindas and Ramo, they met with Mata Damodri and the other wives of Guru Hargobind. Meeting with them, they saluted them, and then they went back to their village of Doroli to enjoy their time there, always remembering Guru Hargobind. Baba Gurudattaji, seeing the expression on Guru Hargobind's face, understood it also that his time to go back to Kartarpur was approaching. So he got permission and took his wife, Mata Natti, who had their son, Tirmal, in their lap. They met with the three mothers in great love before setting off. They bowed down and mounted up, set off back to Kartarpur. This is in Dwabba. Baba Gurudatta and his family reached there in Kartarpur where they lived with great joy. And that's how chapter one of Ras number seven concludes. The next chapter we're going to hear the beginning of a series of chapters discussing some stories related to Pai Gurdas. So stay tuned for that series, and that's where we'll pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. <laughs> Sharna Parenga, Tetaringa, Gadikari Karayave, Guru Arjun Sao